Hello and welcome to episode 73 of the Casual Try Hard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And today, uh, Wizards gave us content. Again, almost like we're sponsored, but not even close. Yeah, not, not even close. <laughs> they just, like, for everyone, they're like, hey, you guys want to write some articles and talk about some stuff? We have some more banded restricted <laughs> announcements! Woo! Ta-da! I remember a simpler time that there was, like, one ban announcement, like, in January. Yeah. And that would take care of us for like a year plus. <laughs> and now yeah, not so much anymore. And now it's like it's Monday. Are my cards worthless? Let's find out. Let's find out on today's episode of what were we having at the Olive Garden for the Wizards R and D team? <laughs> uh, Man, I remember those days. It feels like so long ago, right? Yeah, when you didn't worry about stuff getting banned like every other day. Well, I just meant the Olive Garden bannings. Oh yeah. Those do seem like a million years ago. Yeah, that they was like though. in was like, like October. Fall? Yeah, it was like October. Yeah. <laughs> if Man. you would like to tweet at us about how uh, time has stopped, uh, you can uh, get at us <laughs> at Casual Tripod on Twitter. I don't actually think time stopped. I think we're just in an alternate timeline now. The, we've like, kind of jumped the rails. We've jumped the rails. Okay. Yeah. If you would like to tell us how to get back on the rails of the good timeline, please tweet at us at Casual Tripod. You can also hit us up on Facebook. That's Casual Tryhard MTG. If you want to drop us an email, you can do that at show at casualtryhardmtg.com. I check our email all the time and respond pretty quickly. So that's a pretty safe way if you don't want the masses hearing your question. You just want some one-on-one time, you can shoot it to me there. Uh, don't forget about our TCG affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. I've uh, uh, I've put this thing to work in the last couple of days. TCG? Oh, yeah. He told me you uh, you had some sweet specs. Maybe we'll get to them a little bit later. Maybe yeah. we'll save them. We'll see. We'll see. I've, I've got some things a-brewing. Yeah. If you follow our TCG link there, whatever you purchase, we'll get a very small sliver of to help keep the show going. If you guys feel like supporting us a little bit more directly, you can do that on our Patreon, patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. This week, Brian has worked super hard to get a Patreon-only room that we're going to use for like a finance, like quick specs and finance talk kind of thing. I got to figure out how to get the link into Patreon, but once you're a member of our Patreon, you can click in the link and it should shoot you right into that room. And, uh, you know, anything that we're specking on, like normally our specs are like a dollar or two. So they're nothing, nothing that's going to break the bank, but, uh, I'll try and post up all my quick specs and, you know, new tips and tricks that I found. And I imagine Brian will hop in once in a while and do oh, the yeah. same thing. So I thought that was kind of a, a neat thing for our Patreon. So we're going to try and get that up and running. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel. Right now, it's normally not a whole lot other than our episodes, but you can find us there. Maybe once we get a minute, we'll make some more content for it. Is there anything else for catching up? No, I think that's all the all the usual stuff. All right. So, Let's jump into it then. So we had a banned and restricted announcement plus a change to the, the companion mechanic. So they basically yeah. went into the rule book and rewrote how companion worked mm-hmm. so they didn't have to change anything on the cards yeah like the rules for companion a lot of them weren't actually on the card like we're used to seeing for like a keyword or a mechanic or whatever there's some reminder text 
and whatever the restriction is, but how companion worked isn't actually on the card. So they can change that without having to reprint all of the cards. I wanted to bring up a companion so we could like read the actual like text okay. that's on a card. Sure. So like, so for Loris, mm-hmm. so it's companion, each permanent card in your starting deck has converted mana cost with uh, converted mana cost two or less. All mm-hmm. right. So, then the only like rulesy reminder text is if this card is chosen as your companion, you may cast it once from outside the game. So this does kind of fundamentally change. It does change that the yeah. rules on the card, which I'm surprised that they decided to go that route because I didn't think it did initially. Yeah, I didn't think so either until you just read it. Well, let's let's tell everybody what the rules change is right. before we go too deep. Okay, so the old rule was mm-hmm. you met the companion requirement. Your companion could be in your sideboard. You'd show it to your opponent before the game. And mm-hmm. then once during the game, you just tapped however much mana. So for Loris, you typed, you tapped one white-white or one black-black or one white-black, and you took yep. Loris from your sideboard onto the stack. Yeah, you cast it. You cast it. Yep. Now what they're doing... Is, yeah, I guess it really messes with the rules on the card. Is now you have you still have meet the deck requirement. You still mm-hmm. reveal the companion to your opponent, and now as a sorcery, you can pay three mana to move the companion from your sideboard to your hand. It's not actually a sorcery. It's at sorcery speed, so you have oh, to sorry. do it whenever you could cast a sorcery, but it's technically a special game action. Yes, yeah, so you can't... So you can't respond to it. It's yeah. not something that uses the stack. It just happens. What is the other thing that we that is one of the best mechanics that uses the special game action that you can't respond to? Morph. Morph. You just pay the mana, and it unmorphs. Yep. And this it just is, happens. This is the same way... You yep. just pay the mana and it moves from, from sideboard to hand. So Correct. the reason it's a special game action is so you can't uh, sorcerer spyglass it or mm-hmm. pithy needle it. Because it'd be right. super weird to like sorcerer spyglass a card that's outside the game. Right. Right. So it's like, cool hand. I'm going to name that card that's in your sideboard. Right. Also, like, I don't even know if that would work though, because this ability is not an ability of the card. Yeah, it is just so an even if it did game. use yeah even if it did use the stack, I don't think you could still spyglass it. Yeah, but that's less the they use Phyrexian Revoker as the example. Okay. In the in the actual thing, they said they don't want to be able to like Phyrexian Revoker it. Yeah. You no longer cast it from your sideboard. You have to bring it into your hand, which gives more room for interplay. You know the thought sees thought erasure thing. Right. It also. Like has a tempo disadvantage. Yes, you're um, gonna burn some turn or some part of a turn on getting yeah. that card. I mean, depending on which companion it is, it might be a whole turn. Like Luritz wants to come down relatively early. Yeah, three or four, um, usually on four. Yeah, so if you've got to put Luritz in your hand on turn four, now you've burned a whole turn. Yeah, and you don't get to like build your board out. Right. Yeah. So this change probably most negatively impacts the low mana cost uh, companions. So all the three mana cost companions are like six, but on the installment plan, right? You can pay three and then three. 
I agree with that part. I don't know that it only affects the cheap ones, though. No, I, think I would it, argue that like Obosh is still is pretty bad now. It impacts them more because mm-hmm. you've effectively doubled their mana cost. Matt Nass made a point in in a video today that if you look at the percentage increase of the cost cost of the card, right? Yeah. You've doubled the cost of Loris. Yeah. But then for the five drop ones, you've increased it by 60%. But the reason Obosh gets punished so much is the decks that Obosh goes in want to go one, 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 three. Yeah. One, 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 Obosh. Right. You don't want to take that fourth turn off to put it in your hand. Yeah. You you can't and like still maintain pressure. So you have yeah. to. Yeah. That was kind of my thinking. It's more that the. That the deck that Obosh goes in punishes you for having to pay that three mana. Mm-hmm. Where yeah, I think, like that's the only expensive one that I can think of though that it really matters because like Karuga, you probably don't care a whole lot about because yeah. you're gonna it's just gonna get you value whenever. So if there's a lull in a turn, you can just put it in your hand. Yeah, um, y- Yorian, we're gonna talk about at the end of this, but like that one's not really punished for this at all. Yeah, so like. The thing with Karuga is I think Karuga's hurt because the deck building restraint there is realer than most. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, then you have to like pay three mana to get it into your hand. So it's hurt because its constraint is not as free as the other ones. And then on top of it, you're punished by having to play that extra three. Mm-hmm. So I was pointing out in our chat today that like it's this still doesn't fix the um you start with an extra card. It's not it's now not in your hand, but mm-hmm. you just have a card that is three mana, draw the best card in your deck. Well, see we're kind of getting into a discussion that I really want to have on the show sometime, but I haven't had enough time to put all of my thoughts down on paper and i think it's a show that has to be on paper before we do it okay but it's like the value of a card like what is a card worth and like three mana is like that's a reasonable cost for a card i mean if you think about like divination Right. right you pay three mana for divination and you end up up one card right you turn the divination into two freshies Right, you had four cards in your hand. You cast divination. You ended up with five cards. Right, and they're random. And they're random. It's, it's a little bit different than doing this, but like what I was thinking was like a tutor effect. Like we've had diabolic tutor in standard a bunch of times lately. Yeah, and it doesn't see play. Like four mana, go get a card is not good enough. Four mana, get a card from your sideboard is busted. Is it though? I mean, we've had. Mastermind acquisition wasn't busted. That was the most miserable best of one deck ever. I don't think it was busted. It was the best control deck in the format by far. Mm-hmm. Like not even close. That was the only control deck you could play. You can argue that it's partly because it's because of Kaya's Wrath, yeah. but like that card shouldn't be playable, and it is because it gave you the flexibility to go to your sideboard. Mm-hmm. And same thing with like. Uh, uh, what Fae is it? Fae, yeah, granted the Fay of Wishes, right? The fact that it gets to be like a one-four flying blocker early game, plus it has 
four mana get a card from your sideboard is like what yeah. makes that card work. And now granted that card is less good when you don't have uh, a certain Infinite four mana. red mana of <laughs> a, a four mana red enchantment. Yeah. But yeah, like four mana get a card is usually not good enough. But the difference there is is you like burn a draw step to get that mm. card. Right on turn six, if you hit all your lands and it's and it's Loris time. Yeah. You got your draw for turn six, plus you paid three mana to get your Loris. So yeah. like on that turn, you drew two cards. That's true. I hadn't so, thought about it that way. I, for, I forgot of the cost of the card. Yeah, so like, you know, Mastermind's Acquisition puts an extra four yeah. on everything. And like when you need Mastermind's Acquisition, when you need the card that you have the acquisition to get, mm-hmm. you you like use that draw step. But like yeah. you could be like, okay, I need a Loris, but I also could can get out of this with a Deafening Clarion. Right. And then you can draw the Deafening Clarion, cast it, and then still get the Loris. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there there is an argument there, but you, of like how how punishing three mana is. Yeah. Like we kind of alluded to, I think that depends on the companion. Yeah, I still think there's going to be decks that will free roll companions because why not? Yeah. I, I mean, we have determined, like our question going into Akoria was how much is a 15th of your sideboard worth, right? And that would determine how good companions are. It's Turns more... out a 15th of your sideboard isn't worth a whole lot. It's effectively zero. <laughs> Yeah, so there are certainly decks that happen to meet the deck building requirement and for little to no cost, at some point over a 15-round tournament, you might want to pay three mana to draw a creature. Yeah, I mean, the example I thought of were the control decks. Like, LSV mm-hmm. has talked about in the past, he plays blue-white control and pioneer. Mm-hmm. And it's creatureless. You put Kahira in your sideboard. Yeah. So you just always have a 3-2, right? right? You lose the flexibility of that 3-2 just being like turn three, play a 3-2, mm-hmm. right? Like in a control deck, it's a little different too because your your goal is to get your opponent to no action. Yeah. Once you get your opponent to no action, it doesn't matter what you kill them with. It's the, the whole ham sandwich thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, and a 3-2 like vigilance is a fine ham sandwich. Right, yeah. It'll do the job eventually. Yeah, so it's more of a... You had the flexibility before of your opponent goes one drop, two drop. You can play your Kahira and just have it trade off, have it be a removal spell. Mm-hmm. Right? You lose that flexibility because you can't cast it on turn three. Right. But you still have the, I'm up some percentage of a card. Right. We've gone from it being clearly 100% an entire card. At least one card, yeah. Yes to being some non-zero number of cards. Mm -hmm. And we're not quite sure what that number is. Yeah. Is that number like half a card? Is it 80% of a card? So it's dumb not to play your companion? Yeah. Right. So. Time will tell. Yeah. Time will tell. Like, I don't think they have another bite of the apple, which kind of worries me. You mean going back in and making another change? Yeah. Like they did something completely and totally unprecedented. Yeah. And if they missed, 
who doggy we got problems yeah because i don't know if they can go back i liked the idea of just mullet going down a card just going from you draw your set you draw your seven Mm-hmm. And you put one on the bottom. You just always London Mulligan if you reveal a companion. Yeah, I don't hate that. See, this is a little different too because, like, this change in particular, kind of benefits the decks that I like to play anyway. Yeah, the the longer grindier decks where you're gonna hit your land drops and be able to use your thing eventually. Yeah, and like also decks that want to apply pressure. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if if you're gonna take some portion of a turn off to gain access to your companion like i like to play decks that will punish you for that so i i guess i'm having a little bit harder of a time you know seeing this as not a great move than some other people just because it i mean it kind of benefits the way that i play anyway yeah i i guess i'm just more along the lines of if you start with a seven and a half card hand yeah is that still too good yeah i mean it might be and you are right that it does benefit longer game decks. Yeah. Which is fine. But I just worry that we're still going to be in the same kind of space in mm-hmm. older formats where the restrictions are a joke. Well, I I think that this restriction is even worse if you go back in time, though. It is, but like... like the, uh, the current Jun deck that runs Loris. Yeah. Like, you're not going to play Loris anymore. They're going to go back to old Jund. I can almost guarantee it. Very well. Yeah, because you do lose the, like, bobble... Yeah. The, the, the bobble lo- engine that you get to start on turn three. Right. Right. But, you know, those red-black Loris decks that are, you know, Thoughtseize, Kroxa, and, like, you're trying to run your opponent out of resources. Mm-hmm. Right? If you just have a Loris... Right, it goes back to the ham sandwich thing, right? Jun won with yeah. like raging ravines, mm-hmm. and like you know, well, I mean, raging ravines a pretty good ham sandwich, though. It is a good ham sandwich, but my point yeah. is, if you always have your raging ravine, yeah, right, raging ravine gets bigger, but you're like, yo, here's my three two, mm-hmm. right? Like it's still not awful. You're like you run your opponent out of cards, and then your top deck for a turn is something plus the Loris that you get to play. Yeah. I'm bummed because I think it makes uh, Garuda not good in Legacy. So, sad sadness. I think that's to be determined, though. It could still be good. Like, there are still yeah. definitely, like, you learn, you lose the turn one explosive uh, kills, but yeah. you still have, like, you can still turn two people pretty consistently. Yeah. And maybe even, like, safer. Yeah, I I forget who I saw talking about it. But somebody was talking about Garuda and Legacy still being a thing. Yeah, LSV talked about it, and then his uh, the line he mentioned involved you discarding your Garuda. And I was like, no, LSV. <laughs> Matt Nass was like, yeah, that doesn't work. And he was like, oh, yeah, you're right. Because he's like, oh, you just go, like, land Chrome Mox, and then you put Garuda in your hand turn one, and then you, like, play a Lion's Eye. And Matt Nass was like, no, <laughs> that's not, no. no. He's like, oh, yeah, you're right. No, it could still be good. It just, you lose that, like, I'm going to mulligan to two Lion's Eye Diamonds and clown you. Mm-hmm. Now you have to mulligan to three Lion's Eye Diamonds. Well, that's a lot harder to do. It is a lot harder to do. You have way less turn one hands. 
Mm-hmm. But it it is weird that they decided to like change the mechanics so it changes the wording on the card. Yeah, I, I didn't actually realize that until you were just reading it right before we started yeah. this. Like I said, I feel like the safest thing to do is for it to be the seventh card in your hand mm-hmm. as opposed to being anything more than seven. Yeah. And I feel like the rule they're making is very much geared to we want these to see competitive play. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, hey, you mulligan to six, now you're starting at parity. So now you're asking a question, is it worth it for me to make this deck building constraint if I'm starting at parity with my opponent? Right. Right? It's like I could play Old Jund with Liliana of the Veil and have seven cards in my hand, or I could play Loris Jund and have six cards in my hand and Loris in the in my sideboard, yeah. which is better, right? Then you have like an actual like conversation, mm-hmm. right? You clearly have a conversation. And yeah. now the conversation is, you know, I start with seven cards in Liliana in my deck or I start with seven cards and a Loris in my sideboard that I have to pay three for. And like, I think there's a greater chance that we end up back at, duh, you just play Loris, as opposed to, I think if it was six cards in a Loris, maybe Jund, maybe Jund like bifurcates into traditional Liliana Jund mm-hmm. and Loris Jund, and maybe it's right someday some tournaments to have been on Loris and some tournaments have been on be on Lily, mm-hmm. but. You know, if it's still, if it is enough of an extra card, it might just be, we circle all the way back to, it's not a question anymore. Mm-hmm. So that's my concern is that they, if they, if it circles back to 80% of the decks are on companions, mm-hmm. then how do you fix that? I'm skeptical that we have to worry about it, but I guess time will tell. I mean, yeah. there's, there's no way for us to know right now. Yeah. So I think this is the first time they've ever gone in and a rotted rules for competitive balance yeah i mean they've made changes before but not never for something like this yeah it will be good that you know there is the the constraint that you do have to pay Mm -hmm. but i still think that we're gonna just have like the yorion decks in particular i think Mm -hmm. they're going to be different because they don't have fires anymore but well we didn't talk about that yet oh yeah yeah Fine. So, so let, let's do that, and then we'll come back around to what the meta is going to look like. Okay. So the actual so, cards that yeah. were banned. Yep. We had uh, Agent of Treachery is banned in Standard and suspended in Historic, and Fires of Invention is banned in Standard, suspended in Historic. We'll start with the Fires ban first. Okay. I think it's a little clearer to see why they did it. Mm-hmm. You can't make this change to Companions right. and then have a card that makes it so you don't use your lands. Yeah, I I mean, this would clearly benefit one deck in the format that's already tier 0.75. Yeah, you couldn't add a mana cost to your companions Yeah, and then leave fires in the format. Because then you just ignore that, basically. You use your mana to get your companion. Then you've made no change. Right. It'll be good that at least some percentage of the people won't be playing Hearthstone anymore. Yeah. They also mentioned, I don't know if you read the whole announcement, but they also mentioned in the announcement that there is something that they are printing soon that they were worried about fires with, 
which Solid is job, mildly R&D. terrifying. Yeah, like it does. They like worried about current meta, but they are worried about this thing that's coming. It better not be a creature. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, I did see that where they're like, it has like cramped design space. Is well, ca- they said that, they said that there was a card coming in particular that they were worried about the interaction with fires with. It's not just like blanket design space they were worried about. There is something in print that they're worried about. Is it just like one mana remove? Uh, can only cast two spells a turn from target card. <laughs> just yeah, your hand, like, and it and it draws you two. It's like one green, and it draws you two, and it lets you just go off. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know what that could be, but fires was a card that I think initially I was like, "What well, sucks that you can't play instance? Who's gonna play this?" And then I went, and then I heard someone say, "You get ten mana on turn five and I went, "Oh." oh. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah. And so I don't know how they let you get 10 mana on turn five right. out the door. Yeah. It's like, yo, here's here's a four mana card that doubles your mana. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong there. And then like <laughs> two sets later, they print Migratory Path, which is a four mana card that gives you two more lands. It yeah. increases your land count by 50%. And the red thing just doubles your mana at all points. It seems like a bad design. I'm glad it's gone away. We'll at least get back to some semblance of interactive magic, though I worry that Teferi will take care of that. Yet to be printed Teferi or current Teferi? Current Teferi. Okay. Right. I, I did read it and there was, so people were like, why didn't you ban Teferi? Yeah. And I read an interesting take from just a random person in on on the Twitterverse that yeah. was like, they can't ban Teferi because all of the flashcards are too good. Oh, and I the, hadn't thought about and that. And the only thing that's keeping Flash out of the metagame is Teferi. Because that blue-black Flash deck was a good deck. Yeah. It just had problems trading one for one because mm-hmm. of companions and it could never beat a resolve to fairy. And, you know, or if you played like the blue green flash deck, it's just like, oh, right. like that deck can never beat a resolve to fairy. Yeah. And if there's no to fairy to resolve, then we're just all playing like flash mirrors. Oh, God. Which could be interesting magic for a bit. For a week, yeah. Yeah, but then everyone would be like, you know what I want to do? I just want to cast a creature. And I can never resolve a creature. It's awful. Yeah. So it might be that, like, they've pushed too many flash threats. And so Teferi makes it so you... If Teferi goes away, then those cards might be too good. Which was just an interesting take. I was like, huh. There are an inordinate number of cards that have flash on them and are good. Mm-hmm. And it's been weird yeah. for the last year, like why they keep printing all of these cards. Yeah, it's that's really, and I guess I really didn't think about that. It's really weird that, like, I don't know, go go two years ago, and if I told you I was going to register Simic for an event, I'd have got laughed at. You know what I mean? Yeah, because Simic was awful. It was awful for forever. It was awful. And now fast forward to today, and we have like two distinct 
very good or three distinct very good simic decks yeah just purely simic or simic splash another color because if it's simic splash another color we have a bunch more than that i think well i mean i was counting like the rant or bant or sultai like ramp decks yeah, as have, a simic deck okay. we're basically yeah a so, deck. but you have like bant you have and then you got mutate you mutate, got flash flash if you want to count team or adventures yeah, and I guess that's another wilderness blue green wreck deck. Is a teamer deck. Wilderness wreck. Like basically you're just playing blue green yeah. in all of standard. This was something that I complained about six months ago that was like everything's just blue green. It's like Jeskai or Blue Green. Yeah. And I think we're gonna go back to that. I was a uh, Martin Yuza tweet was like, I think we're just gonna pull back to what we had before, which mm-hmm. is like the same five decks we've been playing for six months. Okay. Hmm. So we got rid of fires. Yeah. So we're going to play spells on our opponent's turn. We're going to have the right amount of mana when you play red. Mm -hmm. Good. And then they got rid of Agent of Treachery. Yeah. Mr. Steelio Lands. (laughs) On turn three. (laughs) Turn three or four. So I wasn't a huge fan of this ban. Not because I don't think the Agent of Treachery. No, no. Agent of Treachery is miserable. But I think Agent of Treachery is the symptom of a larger problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've talked and, about this before. And not the I don't problem. Know if we've talked about it on the show, but yeah. Right, like the fact that blue green has Growth Spiral, Uro, and Nissa, another right. thing that doubles your mana. Right, we're mm-hmm. just going to go back to Fires as a way, so we're just going to play a bunch of Forests and Nissa. Um, well, I think that was my first comment. Like if you look at our group chat today. Yeah. It's like it's Nissa time. Time to dust off your Nissa's gonna. What did I say? Nissa's gonna return valiantly, riding her hydroid crisis. Yes, and that's yeah. what we're gonna get back to. Yeah. But like, you've got all these ways that you can play your seven mana thing on turn five. Yeah. Or on turn four, depending mm-hmm. on like if you have like the nut draw. Oh, I guess right. I forgot Orboreal Grazer. A card yeah. that R and D was like we never thought this was constructed playable. I thought that card was great the minute I set eyes on it. They I remember were, picking up foils at pre-release. <laughs> they were like, "Yeah, we didn't think that was actually playable." No, no, that card's good. Modern playable. <laughs> Whoopsie. <laughs> yeah, but but you have all these ways to get big mana, mm-hmm. and the best thing to be doing with your big mana was agent. Right. So we've taken out the payoff mm-hmm. but we haven't fixed the problem that you still just make stupid amounts of mana yeah right so well the payoff for all this big mana was agent and now it's going to be hydroid crisis yep. and they have a design space constraint now of both luca and winota mm-hmm. right you could not make a high mana cost human right that does anything when it comes into play. Because, yeah, otherwise the just broke again. Yeah, then Winota's just busted. Mm-hmm. And you can't make a high mana cost any creature that comes in the battlefield and does something because mm-hmm. then Luca's busted. Right. So, like, if they print, like... I mean, Luca might still just be busted. Like, Luca into Endraiser or something? Yeah, it could be. Like, where you just are, like... You just play like a token deck and then you like slam Luca, sack a token, give them all plus two, plus two and trample. Right. Yeah, that might be that might be good enough, folks. 
right? Or like you get to play like is it Goblin Instigator, like the two mana guy? Yeah, right. I guess that's hard. We've already talked about this, where you can't have that and then sack a token like if they kill right. your instigator. But yeah, roll, the, roll the dice. Daddy needs to hit, not an instigator. <laughs> but right, yeah. so you're Naya and you play. Um, raise the, the alarm, omen of the sun. Raise the alarm, omen of the sun, and uh, the Acroan games. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. There are all your token makers. Yep. And there's got to be some red ones that I'm not thinking of right now. And then you're just like, cool. Here's Luca. Uh, Perforos's intervention. <laughs> and it's a removal spell. It's flexible. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, like the fact that Luca is converted mana cost higher than the sacrificed creature, mm-hmm. it's just mind boggling. Right. Like, like polymorphs are always lower converted mana. Mm-hmm. No, this this goes up. Yeah, which mind boggling. Yeah, I think that we're still gonna have like these big mana decks, and then for the next like year and a half, like they can't really print a good nine drop or a good eight drop or something. Mm-hmm. Like they can't even really print mediocre ones. Yeah, like we were talking last night about you know maybe doing like a pioneer like Winota thing. So I was looking for expensive humans to run into. I totally bought the deck today. Did you? Yeah. I <laughs> like miss- half the ones I came up with on that gatherer search were like draft chaff though. Like they weren't good cards at all. But when they cost like, zero mana, they're busted. Well, yeah. Anything with like even a remotely mediocre enter the battlefield ability, you know, that's reasonably sized is potentially a good hit. Okay. So we're not, I am not telling anyone to buy this card, so okay. just pump your brakes. But as an example of this that I bought four of yeah, is Sirach Dragonclaw. Yeah. I did the same gatherer search slash scryfall search you did mm-hmm. and totally glossed over that card. And you were like, <laughs> well, this wor- this has this ability. I went, I didn't even see that card. Yeah. That card saw, I did put together a teamer deck in that mm-hmm. standard format, and I went to visit my parents, and I played in the FNM in Ohio. Yeah, and smushed everyone, and they came over like, "Your deck's so cool." Got Sarat <laughs> Dragon Clanet, Savage Knuckle Blade, but um, yeah, like Give Sir- box. yeah, but that card didn't do anything. But it's like, oh man, yeah. if I like slam a six six trampler that gives all my stuff trample on turn three, yep, I think I'm fine think so and that's kind of where like fatal push this mm-hmm. five drop that's yeah you go like rebel master into winota into that and you're swinging with a reasonably sized rebel master yeah it's like that it's, now has trample yeah it's it's been fun yeah. uh ggs yeah you get multiple you get multiple triggers in that scenario you do yeah yeah you do so <laughs> um yeah i think that just the things that they keep giving us to cheat on mana just are a problem. Mm-hmm. If we had one thing that was fringe and when mm-hmm. it worked, it was you felt like truly alive. Yeah. Fine. You were like, you know what? I put together this bad deck. 
or this like mediocre deck, but it did the awesome big mana thing. This is great. <laughs> right. And then you get like rolled by anyone who plays a mountain. Right. You're like, okay, you know what? This is fine. I came here to cast a 12 drop and on turn five. And I did. And this is great. But a good example of that, I don't know if you remember or not, but back in like BFZ standard, there was that red green ramp deck. It was yeah. like explosive veg into Ulamog. Yeah, there was a, a later one in like Shadows where they still had Ulamog and it was like green white mm-hmm. and they ramped into Ulamog. Yep. Uh, but yeah, you were like, I'm going to go huge. And mm-hmm. you like had to build a deck that could go huge. Right. And now, now you, you like, build reasonable mid-range deck that also goes huge but like four turns earlier than you could ever go huge before right right and so like they're just in this weird spot that any big human just goes in as the payoff for winota and any big anything is just now the payoff in like a luka deck we're going back to zendikar you know we are oh god you are (laughs) okay the difference here is, is you brought this up that Rosewater has said before he went back to be return to the rise of the Eldrazi. Yeah. He wanted to go back to return to Zendikar, Zendikar. with traps and like the whole D and D adventure feel. Yeah. So though you might be right. There might just be like some random colorless, like 10 drop. Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be colorless. It can just be a big thing. Yeah, I was just saying, like, it could just be, like, an Eldrazi, like, Ulamog Shadow or something. Yeah. Where it's just a big, dumb idiot that you're like, oh, I can just pay no mana and get this? Sure. In. Sack two permanents. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So he comes in and you sack. They get to choose what permanents they sack as opposed to you you just uh, taking them. Right. Yeah, I just worry that we're just in a situation where... Agent wasn't wasn't good, mm-hmm. but it wasn't the problem. Right. Agent by itself isn't a good card. But if, if you have that available to you without the ramp payoff or the cheating it into play, even if like Agent was just, say there was a reanimator deck, you know what I mean? Yeah. And Agent was the payoff for the reanimator deck. That wouldn't even be like the worst thing in the world. Oh, but it, when you said Agent's not a good card... I thought you meant like agent is a poorly designed card that should not exist. Not, no, no, no. I, agent I meant is like not a, a actually not not a good card. Like I if mean, this was any other standard, it would not be a good card. Yeah, a right. We've all played enough Magic, and if you haven't yet, you will. Mm-hmm. That Hopefully, we, at some we, point. We all looked at agent and we're like, oh, that's unplayable. Yeah, it's a draft bomb. That's all it is. It is. It's, it's like, bomb. oh, hey, you get this in your draft. You build a you build a blue green deck. And you cast your agent and you win your game. Yeah. But you're like, that's no way that's good enough for a standard. Mm-hmm. The problem is that card is ridiculous when it's control magic two blue blue on a two three. That you can blink. That you can blink. Yeah. And being able to cast it on t- or get it on the battlefield on turn four yeah. makes it control magic on a body that you can blink. Yeah. I mean, there, there's like a whole nother like side to this discussion too, about consistency that we've kind of, we've talked about on the show a couple of times, but I had, I had this talk with, I think some of the guys in our uh, commander chat about consistency and how 
like all of the problems that we've had over the last year, however long it's been, have all been due to consistency. And that's the problem with agent is like all these ways to cheat it into play are super consistent. You hit it with Winota. It's consistent. You don't have to draw it. You just find it and you get to play it for free. Same thing with Luca. If you get the Luca, you don't, there's the hoops to jump through to find the card and play it for free are almost none. Yeah. And the, the four color Luca decks are playing Neoform. So mm-hmm. they're like going three drop that makes a token, usually like Legion right. War Boss, into Neoform, get my one Nota, yeah. get two triggers, and look at 12 cards to find one agent, and you might hit two. Right. And so with the fact that like with Neoform that you have eight copies of your Winota, mm-hmm. like that's just too many copies of that effect. <laughs> Can you that, imagine if we still had Once Upon a Time? <sighs> Ugh. Yeah, we do have a, a consistency problem, right? You still have to draw your Luca, but once you draw your Luca, like you know that you're always going to hit your finisher. Yep. Right. Luca is your five mana finisher. Mm-hmm. And like that's not typically okay. Right. And that sticks around. Yeah, that sticks around. Yeah. Uh, I think LSV was talking about the fact that it's double polymorph, and that's just not okay because if you polymorph into something, in this case agent, mm-hmm. and they have an agent plus another polymorph effect that they have to deal with. Yeah. Right. So now whatever you polymorph into is going to be like a reasonable card. Mm -hmm. And then you still have your Luca for another polymorph. Right. Right. Like the, let's say that Tristani was a good enough payoff. Mm -hmm. Right. Like you just get to go like, okay, cool. Get a Tristani, get two tokens, get another Tristani. I guess maybe what's the, What's the blue thing that makes two, like, mesmeric benthic? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes two illusions. Yeah. So, okay, cool. I get my hexproof guy, and I sack one of my illusions, and I get another one. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? So, like, Luca accounts for, can account for two threats, plus then start ticking up to maybe draw another card. Yeah. And, like, you just end up with too many threats out of that one card if you build your deck in any kind of, like, reasonable way. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that kind of goes back to the snowball discussion that we've had on the show before also. Yeah. That Luca is kind of its own snowball. Yep. Agent being gone is good. Mm-hmm. Because it should make things a little bit better. Yeah. We should mention that both Agent and Fires were suspended in Historic. Yeah, they don't like outright ban things in historic. Is that right? They can. They put them in timeout first and then reevaluate. Yeah, agent, you've been a bad boy. Go yes. sit in the corner. I some of the first tweets were like, "This isn't even these even aren't even the problem cards in historic." Yeah, the best deck in historic right now is Naya Winota. Mm-hmm. It just wins on turn four. Uh, apparently, uh, Jeff Hooglin. Did a Hooglandia Invitational. Hooglandia Invitational, okay. Did everybody have to dress up as an owl? I could only hope. I uh, was looking for historic Winota lists to just get a sense of what the deck looked like. 
I think of the top 12, I think like six to eight of them were Naya Winota decks. Wow. So yeah, like that's not even the problem, but I mm-hmm. think they're just going to be of the mindset. If it gets banned in standard, maybe we should pump the brakes in historic. Makes sense. Yeah. So what is our meta game going to look like going forward in standard? I've not played enough historic to have any opinions over some just random things that I've seen. So yeah, I, I haven't played any historic. So I was, ju- I just meant, you know, standard. I think that's what most of our listeners play anyway. Obviously, Fires is gone, so that opens up a little bit about what you can do in the format. Yes. Um, same, like, that goes with Agent also. Um, I still think there is an Uro Nissa deck in the format. Oh, 100%. Um, yeah, obviously, it's got to change a little bit with without Agent, but that shell is super powerful, and with better ways to cheat out agent like that. That's kind of one of the things that I look for when I'm building a deck is I come up with a game plan and, you know, kind of a rough idea of what I want to do and then see if there's another deck that does that better. I mean, this, this standard was the perfect example of that. Because Jeskai, Luca, Yorian fires, right? It put agents on the battlefield on turn five consistently. Mm Mm-hmm. Winota put agents on the battlefield on turn four. Right. Or turn three. So it was like, well, the best thing to do is agent people. Cool. Mm-hmm. This does it turn five. This does it turn three or turn four. I want right. the turn three or the turn four version. Yep. We're going to go from, you know, agent out of Bant was turn six or turn mm-hmm. five. You could agent. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't fast enough to keep up. Right. Even something like our uh, the CTH Sultai list, yeah, didn't agent fast enough. No, no, no. Oh, that deck might be playable now. Yeah, that, that's kind of where I was going. Is that like a, a deck like that gets better again? Yeah, it like actually, like you just kind of turn your your agent slots into more crises. Oh, that deck actually might get good because you can play Brokos too with all that self mill. Oh, is that the one that? Uh... You can mutate out of your graveyard. Yeah, that's reasonable. Or you can mm-hmm. splash white for the uh, the one that brings back a bunch of things from your graveyard. Oh yeah, right. Like you yeah. could. Yeah, that works too. Like you need Tamio and Uro, but like just splashing a little bit of white, you could um, like have a turn where you just mutate that guy mm-hmm. and um, like. Bring in a bunch of Meyer Tritons and Thassa's Oracle and mm-hmm. like mill your stack your trigger so you mill yourself over and then right. Oracle and win the game. Yep. So hmm. So there could be some life there. Maybe yep. I'll maybe I'll enjoy standard again if we can play <laughs> magic. What about the companions being nerfed? Does that take anything away or open anything up? Um I think cycling's still fine, right? Yeah, so I have this tweet from Martin Yusa that I just want to, like, talking about the the metagame. Okay. He's like, I like the bands, but I don't think it freshens the format. It's the same old Bant, Ramp, Teamer, Wreck, Jun, Sack, Clover format we played for the fa- past five months, plus cycling, minus fires, which it does probably revert back to, at least initially, those mm-hmm. decks, right? I was I was enjoying a no-cat format, yeah. Uh, but I think those days are gone. 
Mm-hmm. And his the next part of the tweet is give it one or two weeks and everyone will be complaining about Teferi Uro and reclamation. <laughs> Probably. Like Uro's an well, issue. Well, I mean, I don't know if that's the case though, because in one to two weeks we're gonna be into core twenty one. And no one's gonna care about the standard format again. And they're yeah. all gonna be like brewing new stuff from spoilers, because spoilers start Thursday. Yeah, I have some uh some core 21 stuff that I, I didn't put in the show notes that I want to talk about too. So let me know when you're ready for that. All right. We will, we will get it in there. Yeah. So I think we're going to kind of move back to those core decks that we have been seeing. Mm -hmm. And if the format settles, that's when like, I think you can make a deck that will attack a specific metagame, Mm -hmm. right? He doesn't have mono red in here. And I think we've all forgot how good Embercleave is because we've not had to play against it. Right. The Obosh decks couldn't play it, and it was wrong to not play Obosh. Yeah. So, but now Obosh is, like, unplayable, so... Yeah, so you're... Like, you forget about going, like, one drop into... Steamkin, Steamkin into Anak, into Embercleave. Yeah, into Embercleave. Yeah, you forget about, like, that draw. hmm Where, like, the game just ends with a, you know, giant, giant... um. Annex. Annex. So, like, that's still going to be a thing. So, I don't know if the slower Uro decks can keep up with, like, those those draws. Mm -hmm. Right? So, they have to try to change some to account for those. And if you're Bant, you lose um, Defting Clarion, which help hold the red decks in check. Yeah. Like, I think we go back to Thero Standard. Oh, you, you think we're just straight up Thoreau Standard again? I think we're back to Thoreau Standard because the cards that had the biggest impact in Standard were the Companions. At least initially, I think people are going to run back to the old Thoreau Standard decks mm-hmm. and then start seeing if the Companions are good enough. So this goes into effect on Thursday? Yes. So what are you going to sleeve up on Thursday on Arena? I would probably play Cycling because I'm lazy and don't want to build anything else. Or um, I could see messing around with, like, the Saltai deck. Mm-hmm. And, like, putting a Brokos on a Meyer Triton is just yeah. good, honest living. Trample mm-hmm. and Death Touch. My kind of magic. Yeah. He does have Trample, right? Brokos gives Trample, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Trample and Death Touch. There we go. Yep. yep. Like, that deck could be, like, workable. Mm-hmm. But I think that deck's better when you kind of know what you're targeting so you can like build your flex slots. Oh, I agree. Right. I think going into it like a wide meta game with that or like an unknown meta game, you're going to have a bunch of cards that aren't optimal. Yeah. But you'll still have draws that are good enough. So last week we had to cut a section. Yes. Because we ran out of time. I would like to do that section this week. Okay. And I think now is a pretty good time to get into it. Sure. Our adopted deck was... for last week was Simic Mutate. I've been playing it this week too. I didn't update any of my numbers or anything, but uh, we'll go into you know what we thought about the deck. But real quick, piggybacking off what we were just talking about, what do you think about Simic Mutate going um, into this meta? I the thing I worry about is though the deck can change some. That is very creature heavy. Mm-hmm. And if Yorion is still the best companion, mm-hmm. if that does get played, that's going to get played in 
like blue white control decks. Yeah. And it's going to get played in like Bant Ramp. Mm-hmm. And this deck having so many uh, creatures makes it really vulnerable to like shatter the sky. Yeah. It's also not great against Teferi because you're trying to go tall, not wide. Yeah. And sometimes I don't mind when they bounce your stuff with Teferi because you're like, sweet, I'm just going to get all this value, value again. again. Yeah. But if they bounce your thing and then you get some value and then it all gets swept away if that value isn't enough to make up for the cards that you lost because migratory Greathorn is great getting your mm-hmm. lands but it doesn't feel good if you like got some extra lands and then they sweep away like three actual cards right yeah i think the deck might have to change some the sideboard's gonna change because amori takes probably the second biggest hit other than obosh yeah, like, it kind of completely negates the cost reduction, right? <laughs> yeah, you can't... Like, you don't want to play it on turn seven. Right. Because you've already played all your stuff. Yeah. Now, granted, there were definitely games where I just never played the Amori. I found myself only playing Amori if I had kind of a lackluster hand and had, like, a lull in action. Yeah. I never really was, like, setting up a future turn by counting on having a cost reduction. There were times, though, that, like, it was the best possible thing you could do on turn three. Like, you were, like, yeah. uh, ramp spell, some, some ramp, either uh, a Royal Grazer or Paradise Druid, and then mm-hmm. you just play a four or five brick wall. Like, yeah. your opponent's on mono red, and they're like, one drop, one drop, one drop, and you're like, four or five. Yeah. And that could let you hold the ship enough until you could um, hold the ship, hold the fort enough. <laughs> until you could uh like actually start getting your value i think that like losing that can be a problem but we were talking before the show that you still have the polylog symbiote yeah the other cost reducer baby godzilla um that reduces your cost so you get you have a lot of that effect Mm -hmm. yeah and like another thing that you know we had mentioned before the show or whatever is that this deck is kind of unique because your like ramp early kind of turns into your threats late game. So you really don't care a whole lot about, you know, drawing something stupid later in the game because you can just kind of turn it into something good. Yeah. And um, the, the, the ramp poly- kind of does double duty. Yeah. The polylog also helps with that. I know you have in the notes that the cycling is like lackluster, but the number of times I had like a grazer and a land in my hand and then drew a mutate mm-hmm. creature and then got yeah. to just run through a bunch of cards to get to like keep going. Yeah. Because a polylog was uh was A plus. Yeah, what I meant by my statement about the looting being kind of mediocre was just that a lot of times, you know, I'd find myself later in the game playing off the top of my deck and I would like mutate oh, yeah. and then like have to discard a Starix. And you're like, no. Yeah. That is true, where you're just like, why why am I going through my entire deck? Like, why isn't this like a May or something? Yeah. Like, I don't know if, like... It was just kind of awkward. Yeah, I don't know if, like, if you had Dreamtail Heron would yeah, fix maybe. that, so you just had more cards in your hand. Maybe. But the fact that Starks cast them effectively. Yeah. Okay, j- just another thing. Starks also, like, if the Mutate deck is even any semblance of, like, reasonable... Mm-hmm. You can't print like a ten mana idiot. That, That's true. 
because it's just like I'm gonna like build a whole deck that Starx is into this thing. Mm-hmm. Like okay, let's go. Like yeah. eventually, I'm just gonna like put two of them on the battlefield. Like and raise four runners. Yeah, and raise four runners. That that card is almost instant concede, concede from opponents. Yeah. The it hits and they're just like, nope, I'm out. Yeah. I've even like hard cast it a couple times. <laughs> oh yeah, you get so many lands in that game. deck. Yeah. That it's just Ooh. free. Yeah. I know I have some potential changes written down here, but these were all, you know, pre knowing what the changes and bans were gonna be. Actually I think all these changes I wrote down were even pre announcement of bans. Yeah. So what would you like to see out of this deck like going forward? So I was high on Gem Razor when yeah, you had, too. especially when you had fires to worry about mm-hmm. because it gave you a main deck ways, way to just eat a fires. Right. And it could also just be a clock, right? You could yeah. go Grazer into Gem Razor and have a 4-4 Trampler on turn two mm-hmm. or Grazer into, you have down here, Great Horn and you've got yeah. a 3-4. And on so turn two. on turn two. So I, I was up, like I was up one grazer. I was like, uh, the list that Manguchi that we had used as kind of a starting point had mm-hmm. three end race forerunners and two grazers, and I went down mm-hmm. a forerunners up a grazer. So okay, I, had I went up two two gem grazers. Oh, you went up two. I was on the full. I did, yeah. Okay, and I think with less fires, the thing that the deck really lacks is interaction. Mm-hmm. And like you are a big fan of the pouncing shore shark. Yes, I love the shore shark. And I think that you could maybe trim some number of grazers for shore mm-hmm. sharks if the only like enchantment you really have to worry about now is wilderness wreck. Well, you have to worry about wilderness wreck if you're thinking that blue weight control with Yorian's going to be a thing. They're like spot removals, all like banishing lights and stuff. Fair. Which is another great reason to play Gem Razor. Yeah, I guess the thing that I've got to get out of my head is the like mono white enchantment deck. Yeah. I think is unplayable without just the eighth card that is Loris. Probably. Uh, or yeah, close. That, that deck is definitely a lot worse. Or close to unplayable. And yeah. the number of games I just lost to, they made a big lifelinker that I didn't have a way to interact with. Mm-hmm. And like, if you have like a shore shark, you're like mutate onto it, try to bounce your thing. You have to burn one of your protection spells next turn, mutate yeah. onto it, try to bounce your thing and just having a repeatable way to like make them burn uh, protection spells. Yeah. Uh, would have gone a long way yeah. in that deck. No, I love Shore Shark. Yeah. So like Gem Razor, I multiple times was like blow up two enchantments a turn. Yeah. And they still were able to like assemble Voltron, but they no longer have like Loris mm-hmm. to be the Voltron master. I don't remember who drove the Vol- <laughs> the Voltron guy. Uh, there were lions involved. but It was uh, a long time ago. It was a long time ago. I kind of vaguely remember what they look like, but uh, it was a long time ago. Uh, and I mean, I guess Loris is a honorary Voltron lion, so it all makes sense. Yeah. Um, but like that deck really asked you to have some interaction, mm-hmm. and this deck lacked that. 
So maybe mm-hmm. access to Shore Shark in the main deck or the sideboard to let you like push decks back. You know, just the tempo hit of being able to on turn three like bounce an annex. Mm-hmm. So that like you don't just get run over the next turn and that could be enough for you to like bounce your annex and then like Star X, bounce your annex again, put four permanents onto the battlefield. Yeah. And now the game is like stable. So I really like the gem raisers. I think blowing up, you know, artifacts enchantments is a plus good time. I think it's relevant right now. Yes. And I think it'll be relevant going forward. I also really like the trample that it gave. A lot of times it lets you punch through where normally you couldn't push damage. Yes. So I don't, I don't particularly like cutting the gem raisers and I would probably still keep running four of. Okay. Same with the shore sharks. I was a little bit less impressed with the parcel beast. I know that you liked it because it was kind of a cheap mutate guy that, you know, you could kind of just use to get your triggers for. Yeah. But I found myself wanting to, you know, get a little aggressive with it and having to keep your guy back to activate. I I really didn't like that. I wanted, I wanted my guys swinging. Yeah. It was like, I used it a lot against control as like yeah. a card advantage engine. Mm hmm. Because, like, now they have to answer this thing. Yeah. And then you can, like, build out after they answer it. But mm-hmm. it, it is awkward. Like, it would have been much better if you could have been, like, attack with my guy. Yeah. Now activate it. And there's not a good thing that has vigilance that lets right. you do that. None of yeah, the like mutate the field, we were doing Farfinder stuff. Yeah, none of the mutate creatures have vigilance. And Farfinder, not good enough. Right. To be played. But no, I could definitely see going down on some number of parcel beasts mm-hmm. or sideboarding them out in certain matchups. Because, mm-hmm. like, you're not gaining that much. You know, there is a difference between a 2 4 and an 0 3. But, like, yeah. the early parcel beast doesn't do that much more than a grazer. Yeah, against, yeah. like, an aggressive deck. Yeah. Right? Like, if you go grazer into. Um, Paradise Druid. Yeah, you've kind of got, you know, most of what you were gonna get out of Grazer into Parcel Beast. Yep. So yeah, I could see cutting some of those and giving yourself just some interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about um like Boneyard Lurker over like I know you had mentioned like Dreamtail Heron, but what do you think about Boneyard Lurker? as a way to, you know, kind of rebuild after a sweeper or get a little bit of I advantage. I tried it. It could be good, especially with your polywogs throwing random things in your graveyard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It could be reasonable, like as like a sideboard option as a, I'm going to play against, this is a control deck. Mm-hmm. I need to be able to like draw some cards. Yeah. And just like a turn of, you know, they've like swept something and you like play a cheap creature and then a boneyard lurker. Mm-hmm. And that that lets you kind of like get back a card and then they have to just, and you're going to get back a mutate creature. Right. So then you could get back another card that turn or the following turn. Mm -hmm. So no, it could be good as like a sideboard option against control. I don't know if you Mm -hmm. want it like main deck though, because the mutate cost is a little high for what it does. Cause sometimes it's blocked. Sometimes it's blank. Yeah. Especially since we're losing Umori. Yeah. You have a little bit less cost reduction. Yeah, it's a little much to like maybe not get back a card or like not get back 
something super impactful. But yeah. like, because against like red, I don't think that card's good enough. No, yeah, no, you definitely don't want it against red. But four mana four four is not where you want to be. Yeah, but against like control or a grindier deck where you're like, oh, I need to just try to accrue cards. I think it's good. Yeah, I think you could also this might sound weird like a spot that you could cut some cards is a luna yeah like that card is fine like star x is a million times better the only thing i like about a luna is it gives flying which yeah. i guess if you're going to move towards like dreamtail heron it also gives flying yeah the evasion's think, nice yeah the evasion is nice it it makes it so you're not a hundred percent all in on end race forerunners yeah because usually you do is you're like Starix, Starix, Starix until you've like built a board in a turn or two and you flip an end race forerunners and yeah. then you deal like 90. Right. But sometimes just being able to like make a six, six flying trample mm-hmm. is good enough. Yeah. I had actually, I think I cut one of my Alunas for a Brokos because okay. I figured if like, you're not really going to cast the Aluna anyway, you're going to mutate it and it mutates for Simic. Brokos also can mutate for just Simic, so you don't really need to worry about the red from Aluna or the black for Brokos. Yeah, it can just uh, come back. So I had, yeah, I had cut one for a Brokos so that, like with Poliwog, you can loot it away and then mutate it out of your graveyard. Or if your thing dies, you can mutate it out of your graveyard and you're not down a whole card. Yeah. Um, so I thought you know that was at least worth testing out. Yeah. Now, all of these changes that we've just been talking about I don't know if you actually saw this list, but uh, Willie Edel. In the words won- of Riley Knight, South American superstar. Yeah. <laughs> won $2,000 at the Arena Open this weekend with Simic Mutate. You want to know what his list looked like? Did you look at it? I have not looked at it. It is four Grazer, two Gilded Goose, one Stone Coil Serpent, four Baby Godzilla, four Paradise Druid, four Gem Razor, four Great Horn, Four Shore Shark, four Starix, three Forerunners. Okay, no, no Aluna. No Aluna, no Parcel Beast. Okay. He is four Gem Razor, four Shore Shark. Yeah, I mean, Shore Shark, if you're playing against like a creature deck, like sometimes it's just the hard lock. Yeah. You're just like Shore Shark, bounce your thing. And the next turn, you're just like mutate again, bounce your thing. And they just yeah, never even... get feet un- their feet under them. Yeah, I've even beat some of the token decks by like putting two shore sharks on a thing, and just every time you mutate, you bounce two tokens. Yeah, and they just can't ever keep up. Right. No, that's an interesting list. I think that Aluna, Aluna was definitely underwhelming, mm-hmm. and going up uh, in N Ray's Forerunners gives you more things with Trample. Like it just randomly gives your big things Trample. Yeah, and the fact that you have the extra gem razor and the um, stone coil serpent yeah, gives you more instances of just having trample right on your things. Mm-hmm. So the things that you want to do in this deck, right? You almost always want to keep a hand that has ramp. Like you're not about playing like a fair game of magic. I think every time I mulliganed every seven that didn't have a grazer. Okay, I wasn't that aggressive. I would keep hands that had Paradise Druids 
And there were a few times I was like, oh, I'll just I'll just draw some ramp. Never drew the ramp and just got run over because the deck doesn't do anything. Yeah. Unless no, you I, are I wanted ramping. a grazer every time. I found that like every every game that I went grazer into mutate onto grazer was kind of easy mode. And it yeah. was like the most powerful thing the deck could do. So I wanted to maximize my chances of it. How so many, I shipped back like almost every seven that didn't have a grazer. How many geese did we have? Did we were we playing geese at all? I don't remember. My final list had two. I don't know if Manguchi's list had. Yeah, any I don't remember now. what I, I was. Remember. But like just a one mana body to make a four four. Yeah. Is is good. Yeah. Uh, stone uh, in the Willy Adolis Stone Coil Serpent is also Teferi protection. Yeah. It's also um, Clarion Proof. Yes. If you want to keep the Alunas, a trick is you want to put the Aluna, like if you have a Starix and you want to put an Aluna on it, you always want to put yeah. your Aluna under the Starix. Right. So that if you put that way another. If you hit one off of it, you can put it on the battlefield. Yeah. So that's a little thing. But you want to ramp. You always want to keep ramp. I think you can get away with like keeping a Paradise Druid. Especially mm-hmm. like if you can go like Paradise Druid and then like turn three, put a uh, migratory grade horn on it. Now you have a three four hex proof, mm-hmm. and against a lot of decks that just becomes the the body that you stick all of your things on. Yeah, and that's you- another thing that we should probably mention real quick because I found myself you know quite a few games just throwing things on a Paradise Druid and never attacking or tapping it for mana just Ooh. so they couldn't touch it. Yeah. Because you just want to have that thing that you can, like you could, the way you win the game, a lot of times is you get a Starix that has put twelve permanents on the battlefield, right? Or you have a you have two Starixes on the mm-hmm. same creature, and it's just putting piles of permanents on the battlefield. And if you right. can give that like super double Starix guy hexproof, yep. Then every turn it's like pay a mana, get 22 mana worth of stuff. Yep. And decks can't keep up with that. Like you can just bury control decks Mm -hmm. where if they don't have a sweeper, you're just like, hey, I'm going to put like a bunch of land, bunch of lands and uh, creatures on the battlefield. You have to sweep this. And oh, yeah, I have more gas in the tank. Yeah. And I can just quickly rebuild. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, using your Paradise Druid as like a safe a safe space, right, is really important. Yeah, I did that. I found myself doing it quite a bit, and I don't know if it's super intuitive when you first like shuffle the deck up. So I just wanted to make sure we made note of it. Yeah, like it's not intuitive to be like I've got a six six trampler. I'd better not attack. Right. <laughs> Right, can't risk it. And it's like usually it's like I got a six six trampler sideways. And it's like, no, that six six trampler is going to be like, you know, twenty mana worth of value next turn. Yeah. Don't touch it. Yep. Yeah. And like you can get blown out by Teferi. We mentioned sometimes it's good to just like kind of like get your value again. Yeah. But when you have your Paradise Druid, you can't get blown out by Teferi. Mm-hmm. You're like, Druid, mutate onto it, and they play it to fairy, and you're like, cool, I'm just going to like pile everything here, and I'm fine. Yep. So there you go. I think those are our thoughts on Mutate. I think it's probably still a reasonable deck. I your, like it. I'm still going to play with it. Your sideboard 
is freed up that you could, especially against non-Teferi decks, move some counter spells into the deck, into the sideboard? Yeah, Willie's list actually had three frilled mystics in the sideboard. Okay. So even playing Omori, there was still some counter magic there. Yeah. But going forward, I think you could have, like, Negate or Frilled Mystic. I guess Frilled Mystic is... Eh, it doesn't really matter, because it's not like you put the Negate on the battlefield with uh, Starix. Starix, yeah. But, like, Negate or some way to interact with, you know, a, a Wilderness Reclamation mm-hmm. would be good. So you yeah. do have a little yeah. bit more f- freedom there now. Yep. The Just for, you know, to put the information out there... The sideboard for his list was two Brazen Borrower, three Questing Beast, two Shifting Ceratops, three Wicked Wolf, three Frilled Mystic, one Stone Coil Serpent. Okay. So, I mean, Brazen Borrower is another way to uh, at least temporarily answer a Wilderness Wreck. Yeah, let me see if I can find... Did he tweet out this list? Aha, here it is. I will... It is now on our Twitter. Boom. He made a lot of the changes that I was either already had made or was thinking about making. So it was kind of some nice validation. Yeah. So I think that the deck, the deck is good going forward. It's just, how is it going to fit in the rest of the meta game? The new meta. Yeah. Yeah. We'll find out. Yeah. So next up arena time, arena time. I guess we forgot to mention something with the band, though. You guys should already be like aware of this Mm -hmm. cards that got banned on arena you're going to get your wild cards back. So you're going to get oh, however, yeah, many, yeah. however many agents you got, you have, right. you're going to get that many wild cards. Same with fires. That's going to happen on Thursday with the update. Mm-hmm. And they also changed how packs that you randomly open. Like you're yeah. just like uh, core 20 or throne packs. They've made it. So you will not open an agent or a fires unless they are the only rares left in that set for you to get. Yeah, they also pulled them out of individual card rewards. Yeah, for standard, yes. And for historic, I think. I I don't think they were rewards for historic. Mm, There was something in in the uh, announcement about card rewards for historic. Yeah, but you're not going to get unplayable cards in your packs unless there's zero other playable cards to give you at the rare slot. Also, potentially, if you have um, like extra wild cards right now, it might behoove you to purchase said cards, cash those wilds in for those cards to get reimbursed. That way, if they do ever get a Pioneer on Arena, you'll have them for free. Or if they get, um, if they get unsuspended and historic. Unsuspended, yeah. Yeah, they said as long as you have them in your account by June 4th. Yep. So you can you can make a move. Mm-hmm. Get uh, some free cards. Get some free cards, yeah. So next up is the Arena Open. Yeah. Uh, we were both bad purveyors of magic information and did not participate <laughs> in the Arena Open. I really wanted to. I had to work on Saturday, and I had planned on getting on afterwards and playing in this tournament. But uh, I decided to retreat to my hidey hole and... I spent some time sifting through buy lists and never got around to playing in it, even though I had wanted to. Yeah. I've been like kind of checked out on standard. Yeah. Uh, which has happened a lot recently, but I was kind of checked out on standard <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to spend $25 and 
and play a format I have not thought about, like not played. I've thought about it for, for you guys, but yeah. I've not like sat down and like really played mm-hmm. in two weeks. Yeah. And I was like, I like I would play cycling, but I'm like, do I know enough about what the metagame is? And the four color Renota deck as it as decks are what to do went from kind of a a weird outlier meme kind of deck. It's the best to, deck in the format. To the best thing to do. Yeah. Or like the second best thing to do. And so I think that a day of just having like a flourishing foxes stolen. Yeah. And um, lands taken would have been uh, less than fun. So I did mm-hmm. not do it. From what I've seen and what you've seen, it seems like people enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. They're, yeah, most of the feedback that I've seen has been pretty positive. Yeah. There was the, you know, what is it? Magic players would not be happy if you put a if if you put $50 bills in their packs. Right. Because they would complain about how you folded the 50 yeah, basically. Right. So there were people that liked it. And then there were people that were, this is gambling. This is the worst thing ever. How could you exploit people? Blah, blah, blah. So like no yeah. one can ever be happy. Mm-hmm. But a few people did say, like one in particular did say how many times they tried. Mm-hmm. So Emma Handy uh, was on her third attempt when she okay. day two. She said she was giving herself three attempts. And on her third attempt, she made it. So it wasn't like, um, don't feel like if you did it and you didn't like day two that, you know, everyone did it super easy. Mm -hmm. I think there were a lot of people that dumped a lot of time and money into it to try to make day two. I don't remember where I saw it now, whether it was on Reddit or whether it was on Twitter. Somebody that cashed on day two tried six times on day one. Took them six tries to get through day one, so that's but like then ended up catching day two. 120 or 100 150? 150. Okay, it was 25 yeah. a pop. Yeah, yeah so, I think it was right at 25 bucks a pop. Yeah, so like that's a that's a lot of money. Yeah, because I mean, imagine if they would have gone, you know, if they would have got five wins day two, right? Right. Maybe they eke out their sixth win and they get a thousand dollars and they're feeling like a genius. Mm-hmm. But if they went like you know, if they went five two, right now they get like a bunch of gems and they're down on the gems they put in. Right. So, yeah, I think it's fine. I understand that some people are going to make bad decisions, mm-hmm. but uh, whatever. Like that, that is everything in the world. <laughs> this is true. It seemed good. I mean, I think that they, I think they've already planned another one, haven't they? At the end of June. Um, I hadn't seen that, but it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I th- I thought they said that they were going to do another one shortly. Maybe. So end of June, end of July, maybe that they're yeah. going to do another one. So this might turn into like a monthly or bi monthly thing. That'd be cool. I'm down with it. Yeah, I mean, it is it is definitely a way for you to uh, clean out your gem and gold reserve before the uh, next yeah. set comes out. Well, that was another thing that I was just thinking about while I was waiting to uh, start recording tonight was, you know how we've been blasting out the daily deals and how good they are? You know, they've kind of dried up half price. No, not necessarily that they've dried up, but they're attracting a lot of attention to that storefront where you're buying like the cosmetics and stuff. Yeah. 
So they did a whole bunch of that right before announcing a two twenty thousand uh, gold tournament. Yeah, yeah there. I thought that was kind of kind of interesting, trying to drain everybody's gems and gold before before a big event. Yeah, because I mean, their their hope is is that you go in to get your five hundred and fifty gold for fifty yeah. gold, so your free five hundred gold mm-hmm. for, and then you go like, ooh, yeah, I need a full art fancified thing and it's on sale click yeah i'm guilty of that oh i have i have bought some (laughs) okay so they they got you they got me so like it makes sense for them to try to drive traffic but it also makes sense like they've done a few other things where they've done things to kind of like get you to play tournaments or other Mm -hmm. ways to get you to separate yourself from your gold and gems right before uh the rotation Yep. When they need you to be like, I need to put more money into this new set. Right. That's just smart business. It is. If standard was better, I probably would have played in it. But yeah. I was like, I don't want to spend twenty or twenty five dollars to be like to go have it to go five and two or just have like a general unfun time. Mm-hmm. Right. And it kind of felt like it would just lead to like an unfun time. Yeah. And we had someone at the at our store complain about the format because they were 6-1 and then got mana screwed or flooded two games in a row and then didn't yeah. make day two. Right. And like best of one is at times a bit of a crapshoot. Mm-hmm. Certainly more uh, variance dependent than best of three. Yeah. It just didn't seem like it was a good a good use of my time. I think I ended yep. up playing The Last of Us. Yeah, how'd that go? Uh, games beat. And game is a little too real with uh, <laughs> with a uh, a pandemic that like crushes the world. Right. It was there's a part of the opening of the game. There's just like this like you know news reel, and they're just like we're trying to develop a vaccine, and we just can't do it. The world waits on a vaccine. I'm like, oh god, this could just be now. <laughs> That's where we are. Yeah, take out like fungal infection and put in. Mm-hmm. viral infection and it's like oh man yeah we're we're in the end times we're gonna flash to 20 years in the future i'm gonna have a backpack and be murdering people <laughs> yeah i uh instead of doing this i spent my weekend turning some garbage into actual dollar bills and if you're interested in knowing how i did it hop on over to our patreon get into oh. our discord chat and i'll tell you all about it yeah, I'm going to be using this method uh, this week, I think. I think I'm just going to do a little bit at a time, maybe. Yeah, it was very, 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 very successful. Well, you can tease people, how much money did you get for your garbage? I think it's 450 bucks. I had one order that was 289 and one that was like 460 or 160 Yeah, so, so. There, you, there you go, people. I'm going to do that and try to free up some space in my house. Yep, yeah, I didn't really free up a whole lot of space, but... I did get rid of a bunch of useless cardboard that I will never use. Yeah. I, I can tell myself I'll clear up some space. Let's just let yeah. me have that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, I would say we would adopt a deck for the coming week, but I don't know what the format's going to look like. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we'll hold off and let, in the casual try hard way, we'll let uh, some like 24 year old Twitch pro. Uh, yeah. Define the metaphors. Yeah. Spend, uh, spend 18 hours a day 
grinding through yeah. standard decks. Or I'll just wait for Crokies to tweet something. Cause That's that, what I was just going to say. Because apparently he, he, uh, he sets the metagame. Yeah, the letter reset today. Yeah. And he, he put a tweet out that said he's checked another thing off his bucket list. He's the first person to hit number one mythic. Yeah. Well, I got my rewards on Thursday. So did the ladder not reset till today? Um, I got my rewards today. Oh, I thought I got my I got my rewards on. I mean, it it might have re- might have reset yesterday. Yeah. Okay. I got my rewards. Oh, it would have been yesterday because yesterday was the thirty first. Because yeah. I got my rewards not today, but yeah, I mean, makes sense. So there you go. Yeah. So, so I'm sure he was on Just Guy Luca Fires blah blah blah. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? But, um, yeah, we'll just wait for Crokies to do it. Yep. Seems better. And like I said, like, the casual tryhard salt tie works better when you, like, know what you're targeting and, like, what your flex art slots need to be as opposed oh, yeah. to going in, like, blind, right? Yep. If there's not a bunch of mono red, you don't need the anti-aggro cards as much. Yep. Or if there's a bunch of control decks, you need to focus more on that. So it's just a matter of time. I would like to be able to like outvalue a Luka deck. Not a Luka deck, <laughs> a Yorian deck. To be like, oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. I really enjoy your uh, uh, Omens of the Sea. I'm, I'm going to draw <laughs> six cards this turn. Like, cool. Or my card draw is going to attack you for six. <laughs> Let's go. Cool four five, bro. Attack you for six. Draw a card, gain three left. Go Perfect. Go. So, so you got anything else for Arena this week? I don't think so. I, I have something I want to talk about if you don't have anything else. I got nothing else. Go nuts. All right. So not having to do with Arena. I don't even know if you've seen this yet. I hadn't posted it anywhere. I guess there was a completely unvalidated leak that happened about a week ago. Oh. That was not big news because it was just some guy who had no no providence, no like reason anybody should trust what he said. But he came out with some information about Core 21. And also the post that he made had some information about what was going to happen in today's banning. And, and he was right? He was right. Okay. kind of says that the rest of his information may be good. Okay. So would you like to hear some of this other information? Sure, we're in totally unvalidated territory, people, but here we go. Welcome to so Wild there, Speculation Corner. Yeah. Um, also, Rosewater put a post on his blog today, Blogatog. Sometimes before a set comes out, he'll just make blanket statements about what some cards in the set will do. This is something he's been doing since, like, the Duelist was a thing. Yeah. Well, he stopped for a little while, but he, he started doing it again. So, for example, one of the cards in the new set a card with 31 different options. Right. And what <laughs> what it'll be is it'll be something where you don't have 31 different options or it's some like weird convoluted thing. That, yeah. Like, well, I, I think what people are saying at this card in particular is, is when it enters the battlefield, it can be any color or colors. Oh, okay. 31 options. Oh, if you have, if it's color or colors. Yeah. Okay, but you have uh, so it's stuff like that or um, here's a plus one plus one tribal lord for a creature type that's never had one 
and it's a mm-hmm. creature type with over 50 cards already in print. Right. So, much like with Gallia of the Dance that gave satyrs yeah, a lord, yeah. this could be a nightmare lord or something. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. But those are the kind of things that are in this like blogatog thing where it's just like mm-hmm. a random collection of yeah little snippets and it's like part hype part just like fun try to figure out what they're talking about get yep. people talking about the set so also what this guy had you know supposedly leaked a week ago some of the cards fit what rosewater tweeted out or not tweeted but posted on his blog today also okay so, let's so the, the first one is a reprint. Okay. It's uh, Ugin the Spirit Dragon. No way. Uh, supposedly, which also fits one of Rosewater's things today, which was a legendary or whatever that was first referenced in flavor text. Yes, I do remember which one you're talking about, though. Yep, because uh, Ugin was first referenced on Ghostfire. A popular character first introduced in flavor text. Yeah, Ghostfire, I think was yep. his. Yep. Okay. So Ugin fits that one, and he's supposedly in the set as a reprint. Okay. Which is a pretty nice money card and something that I'd be excited to have back in the format again. I really like Ugin. Yeah, and uh, that fits with us going back to Zendikar. He is kind of a Zendikar kind of guy. Yep. The next reprint is also one that was on. Morrow's uh, hint list. Okay. I believe it was a card reprinted or only had one printing and this will be its first printing in a like non-premium set or something along those lines. Okay. Let's see here. A card that's never previously appeared in a premium set? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. In a, in a premiere set. Sorry. Premiere set. Yep. This is a reprint from Portal. Okay. Grim Tutor. No. Yeah. Currently like a $250 card. That's that's crazy. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Grim Tutor, is a, it's an obscure one. So if you use it for all you guys that don't know, it's a one black black for a sorcery. Search your library for any card. Put it in your hand. You lose three life. Three mana is the... Uh is the borderline for this yeah. effect being good. Two mana, the effect is restricted in vintage. Correct. Four mana. Banned and everything else. Yeah. Four mana, usually not good enough. Yep. Three, Three mana, mana. Is that like sweet spot? That's right. We have one more reprint. Again, this is one that was on Morrow's post today. Been reprinted 20 times with five different artworks. Okay. Uh, Birds of Paradise. Oh. Yeah. Good old bop. That would be god-awful. Certainly not something that I'm excited to see in this current format. Oh, my God. That'd be so bad. Yeah. Like, like strictly better Gilded Goose. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That would be a horror show. Yeah. but So who knows? I mean, there's a lot be, of things that could fit that bill. Would be sweet in Pioneer. I got a deck for it already. Would be sweet in Pioneer, yeah. The deck we were talking about earlier. Yeah, secret deck. We'll have to like let yeah. people in on it once there's a list. Yeah. Okay. Um, so then we have some other things that aren't reprints. They're like new cards or whatever. 
Okay. Uh, the first is supposedly a blue card draw spell similar to accumulated knowledge. Okay. So like one blue instant draw card, then draw another card for each copy of it in your graveyard. Oh, so accumulated knowledge is copies in all graveyards. Oh, okay. And so this this would be like the fixed accumulated knowledge. Yeah, I forget what it was called. Accumulated knowledge before the person who, like no one wanted to cast the first one. Yeah. Because then the other person got like too much value. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so if it's in your graveyard, it fixes it. Yep. We have an efficient black removal spell. Uh, the one that he says here is one in a black for an instant. Destroy target creature or planeswalker with CMC three or less. Okay. It's pretty pretty good. Yeah, that is definitely. Yeah. Like it, it would drive planeswalkers to a um, to be higher mana cost. Uh huh. We have a white defensive creature with card drawing abilities. They have here three and a white lifelink. Whenever two or more creatures attack you or a planeswalker you control, you may draw a card. Whenever an opponent casts a second spell each turn, you may draw a card. Wow. Yeah. Was there more? Because I'm looking at like the list he sent out. I don't see all of the like the white card with card drawing ability. Was that on Mario's list? No, no. The, these are um, part of the guy's leak. Okay. Okay. This one is supposedly a new Rada. So it's one red-green. As long as it's your turn, it has first strike. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. You may play the top card of your library if it's a land. Four red-green. It gets plus X plus X, where X is equal to the number of lands you control. And it's a 3-3. Okay, so I guess you don't get to play an extra land. So it's kind of No, it's Corsair Crucifix. Yeah. But an aggressive courser. But an aggressive courser, correct. Okay. Kind of cool. Yeah. And then we have the the big one. Um, this does fit one of Marrow's, uh, you know, leaks today. Not leaks, but not spoilers. Teasers. Okay. This one does fit one of his te- teasers. And it's a mechanic that hasn't been used in 20 years. Okay. This is one of the new Teferis. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know if you if you want to know what this one is. I don't, I'm a little scared of this one. Um, it's, uh, hit me. It's two blue blue. Thank God it's has not a, two mana or three mana. Okay. Has a static ability. Oh God! Like you can't win the your opponents can't win the game. You can use its abilities anytime you could play an instant. So you can activate it twice, once on your turn and once on their turn? I don't know. I think we would have to wait for the uh, comp rules to know that. Okay. So starting loyalty is five. This is not okay. Plus one. Draw a card, then discard a card. Still not okay. It has a neg three that I'm going to skip for a second. Okay. Uh, the, The alt is neg ten. Take two extra turns after this one. What do you think the neg three is? Uh, I don't know. Your opponent skips their turn. Nope. Remember I said it uses a mechanic that hasn't been used in... It phases? Neg three, target creature you don't control phases out. (laughs) 
<laughs> Talk about complexity, huh? New players, you have no idea how confusing <laughs> phasing is. Phasing, the creature isn't on the battlefield, but it's not an exile. It's in this other mythical place called the phasing zone. Yeah, it just doesn't exist. It doesn't exist in any regular zone of magic. Yeah. So if you've seen that Lodi Ready Run pl- uh, play mat where they have the, 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 the graveyard is the dead stuff and uh-huh. the exile is the really dead stuff, there's yeah. another. The phasing zone isn't on that. You just slide the card under your play mat for a turn and then you bring right. it back. It's just not in the game. They just don't exist. That... So, so when did cards phase? So it would phase at out till your turn. At the beginning of your, I want to say your untap step, because it's not something that uses the stack. It's like a, it's a game action or a, whatever. It doesn't use the stack. Yeah. Um, so I want to say it actually happens during like at the beginning of your untap phase. But like, so here we go. During each player's untap step, before the active player untaps, all phase impermanence with phasing that player controls phase out. At the same time, all phased out permanence under that player's control phase in. Mm -hmm. Spells and abilities can also cause permanence to phase in or out. When a permanent phases out, it is treated as though it didn't exist. Right. A phased out permanent can't be affected by anything in the game and that doesn't specifically mention phased out permanents. Yep. Why? It goes to the twilight zone. But if this is real, yep. why? Why would you do this? I have no idea. Like it no one, I repeat, no one has been like, you know what we've been missing? Phasing. So that's not 100% true. Other than stupid Teferi's protection? Yeah. People love that card in EDH, and they want it back, and they want more of it. Uh... You know that card's like $50? Yes, I know. I totally understand why you'd want to like float a bunch of mana, phase out all your stuff, and then cast like Juckle Hops or... Mm. or what is it? Oblivion or whatever? Destroy all permanence? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In. Understand that. <laughs> but, like, why would you look at it and just be like, you know what we need to do? That It could have just been, like, exile a permanent until your next turn. Exile a permanent your component, opponent controls. Well, if you're looking at it from that perspective, I understand why they did do phasing. Because if it's exile and bring back, like there's so much flicker in magic right now, like in the last couple sets, Mm -hmm. I could see why maybe you wouldn't want to like double, triple, quadruple up on your like ETB effects. But if it's only permanence your opponent controls, now you're actually paying a cost. That's true. Oh man, I'm going to lose to that Yorian. I better flicker it. Yeah. But when it comes back, they're going to get all the value that's on the board. Hmm. Do I really want to flicker this? Yeah. Now you phase it. It's just like, yeah, there's no downside. Just your thing goes away. 
especially if you get to do it on your especially if you get to plus and loot and then on so their upkeep yeah. flicker out their thing for like a whole turn cycle yeah I, again why I don't know okay according to Gamepedia the MTG wiki yeah uh, phasing is on the storm scale yeah, is it ten? It's eight. Eight. Okay. Did we storm scale? So oh, we haven't talked about storm scale on the show before. I don't know if we have or not. But let's just do a, right. a quick. So yeah. Morrow has a list. He calls it the storm scale, where it is mechanics that will not be reprinted. The higher you well, are, it's the, the likelihood of a mechanic likelihood being, being reprinted. Okay. Yeah. The higher you are on the storm scale the less right. likely you are to be printed. The... Named after the mechanic Storm, yes. which is a 10. Yeah, so Storm is like, we're not doing this. Right. Level 10 is, I never say never, but this would require a major miracle. Nine, mm-hmm. I never say never, but this would require a minor miracle. Eight, it's unlikely to return, but possible if the stars align. If phasing is truly <laughs> an eight. The stars have aligned. Why I <laughs> that mechanic is and oh wow interesting. So according to this, there are apparently f- six iterations of the storm scale that mention okay. phasing. Oh yeah, nine 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 nine, and then the most recent one eight. Oh man, so you nine nine means. nine 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 eight. Yeah. yeah, had to bring it down a little bit. He was feeling <laughs> right. frisky one day. Woo. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't. I don't. All right. So I just see at the very bottom of this post, the uh, guy that posted all this stuff posted a new one today. Oh, man. And it's related to the very cryptic picture that Wizards put out on Twitter today. Did you see that? I did not, man. This is... Um... We're we are in full X Files mode here. We are. Do, 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 do. So Wizards, uh, um, Magic of the Gathering that page. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. So what is the? So they posted a picture of a dog in a field. Oh yes. And there's a like a comment on there. Good. Or like a caption. Yeah. Good hound dog. And it's yeah, like and her hound or dog. dog. Yeah. Are they going to um, errata so, all the hounds to dogs and have a dog lord? Well, let me give you a little bit of backstory. One of the things that Morrow has been championing, aside from you know squirrels and whatever, is that since the beginning of Magic, he has believed that dogs should be dogs, and all of creature type dog or dog, you know, anything that's a dog should be creature type dog, as opposed to hound. And, yeah, for whatever reason, every time that anybody has ever made a dog, it has had creature type hound. So that's kind of the joke there is that, you know, they're fixing that and everything's going to be dogs now. Okay. So this last spoiler that this guy posted today says dog lord question mark. One green, red, white. So one Naya. Okay. Whenever you cast a dog spell, create a one, one cat token. Whenever you cast a cat spell, create a 1-1 dog token. And then you can pay Naya and tap it 
It deals damage equal to or damage to any target equal to the number of dogs you control, and you gain life equal to the number of cats you control. And it's a four four. I'm not okay with that. <laughs> like that's we're trying too hard. Yeah. Is it a legend so someone can have their like probably legendary their their legendary dog deck? Yeah. Probably. Their dog cat tribal deck. <laughs> cat dog tribal. Like you oh, just, man. You have to have your thing altered into cat dog. Smash them all together. I don't know, man. I feel like they're trying too hard. Maybe. I mean, we'll see. These are all completely unconfirmed, but uh, at least his initial post definitely falls in line with Marrow's um, teasers today. And he was right about the... Uh, not necessarily the bannings, but the companion errata. Yeah. He nailed. And that was posted eight days ago, I guess. Interesting. Yep. So. Food for thought. F- food for thought. So there you we'll go. find out Thursday. We were having a pretty tight show, and now we're at two hours. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's fine. That's fine. But there's all this, all this hot gossip and rumor. That's right. Yeah. Got to so. give my people what they want. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Do you want unfounded speculation? We are your podcast. That's right. We got you. <laughs> we got you. All right. If you would like to uh, tweet at us that, uh, I don't know, Fires of Invention was an inside job, you can get at us <laughs> at Casual Tripod. Yep. You can hit us up on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG. If you want to drop us an email, you can do that at show at CasualTryHardMTG.com. Don't forget, if you're looking to pick up any singles, you can go to our TCG affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. We'll get a very small cut. Helps us keep the show running. If you want to support us a little bit more directly or to get into our new sweet finance spec room, uh, you can hit us up on Patreon at casualtryhardmtg. I'm not limiting that to a certain tier. Like As long as you're a patron, you can get in. I don't I don't care how much money you you pledge or whatever, even if it's just a buck, I'll let you in. That's fine. I mean, you I've already I've already made that? some specs recently, man. I've got some yeah. I've got some hot information to, to move. Yeah, we'll post it up in the finance thing, and I'll see if I can figure out how to get a link posted to Patreon. And do we make uh, it do we need to uh, buy out all the cards with phasing? Like, do we need to like get <laughs> get on that here? I doubt it, man. They're all bad, except for like the fairies protection. I think they're all awful. What was that a freight from back in the day? Is it Rainbow Afreet? Rainbow Afreet, yeah. yeah. Makes all your lands phase out. Is that the one? No, this is the one that like that you like flip a coin, and if you lose oh, the flip, yeah, yeah, it phases. Yeah. No, sorry. Rainbow Afreet is blue-blue, is a three in a blue, mm-hmm. one three flying. Okay. With blue-blue, phase out. Uh-huh. That and there's a is it cha- is it chaotic afraid is the one that, like you flip a coin, uh, uh, I don't know, and it like phases. Beats but, me. We can do a gatherer search real quick. Yeah, there's like Rainbow Free. I think used to be a playable card in Visions. Oh, that was a bad set. It was a rare in Visions. Could you imagine opening opening a three one flyer? With like an <laughs> activated ability now as your rare, phase out. Yeah. So, uh. I'm but, pretty sure there was a card that was like undercosted, but it phased your lands out. 
<laughs> that would be so, so, so bad. <laughs> Maybe not. I'm pretty sure I remember that, though. Yeah, that would be... Um, that would be... Yeah, hum. no, it, it's a... Ten, teniwa? It's a three blue blue for a legendary creature serpent. It's a seven seven with trample. It has phasing. At the beginning of your upkeep, all lands you control phase out. That just seems so awful. It, it's a rare. Yeah, I, I see it now. So this is when like blue creatures just had to have like an ungodly drawback. Massive downside, yeah. Yeah, so here's another, I don't know if this is a rare or not, but here's a here's something classic, classy. Okay. Uh, Mist Dragon, four blue blue for a four four. Okay. You can pay zero, gets flying. You can pay okay. zero, loses flying. You okay. can pay three blue blue, it phases out. Wow. <laughs> just, just in case you needed to get over a moat or something. I guess. Give it, give it flying, and then take it away. Yeah, I. I oh man, this set also had flanking. Oh yeah, that's another good one. Yeah, maybe maybe this new Teferi, maybe it's all a lie. Maybe it gives your opponent's creatures flanking. Oh boy, game over. <laughs> We're done here. Uh, Do you know what flanking is? Do you I, remember? I I see the rules text, but whenever it's blocked, oh, okay. whenever it gets blocked by one or more creatures, does creature get minus one, minus one, or more than yeah. one? Yeah. Whenever a creature without flanking is assigned to block this creature. The blocking creature gets neg one, neg one till end of turn. Mm hmm. Because they were like on horses or something. Something, yeah. Here's one. Two and a blue for a one, one. Flying phasing. When Teferi's imp phases out, choose and discard a card. When Teferi's imp phases in, draw a card. So it's like super slow loot? Super or slow super loot. Super slow rummage? Yeah, but if you were hellbent. You could just draw a card. Oh, yeah, just draw a card. There you go. Sweet tech. Sweet, sweet tech. Man, that's some killer artwork. Which one? Teferi's Imp. It's oh, like yeah. a cat monkey with wings. That is holding a scroll on its, in its tail and like messing with something yeah. on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, podcasts yeah. are a, uh, a uh, visual media. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah yeah uh, you also realize we haven't actually ended this episode right i know we're gonna have to <laughs> work on that frenetic afraid this is what i was thinking of okay. one blue red flying two yeah. one zero flip a coin target opponent calls heads or tails while the coin is in the air okay if the flip ends in your favor frenetic afraid faces out otherwise bury frenetic afraid no so your opponent uses a removal spell on it, you're 50-50 to fizzle, fizzle the removal spell. Hmm. Yeah. This card now would be like a 2-3 flash haste threat <laughs> that had this ability. It'd be one blue-red flying flash haste. 3-2. And be like, yeah, there we go. All right. With prowess. With prowess. Yeah. Where was, where were we out in the, where were we at in the intro or outro? I don't know. 
I think we finished the outro. We just never like signed off. Okay. Well, we're going to hope we finish the outro. This bit of fun may stay. Maybe I just cut it into the end of the podcast. Maybe you have a little surprise. Surprise. <laughs> surprise. <laughs> Us talking about visions cards. Thanks for uh, hanging out with this, uh, this wild ride. Yeah, we kind of went off the rails. And we'll catch you next week. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you on Arena. There we go. That was a uh, high quality entertainment there at the end. <laughs>